Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, September 6th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the Senate is back. How Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is teeing up the agenda this month. Number two, who we're watching this week. And number three, a look around at some of the most interesting political ads running right now. All right, Jake, it's good to be back. We've been off for a week. It is. It is. It has been a while uh, because before that, uh, I think I did the podcast one week solo. You did the podcast one week solo. So I think we're like three weeks ahead of, you know, uh, uh, post doing the podcast. Yeah. We're, together. we're back so, in action today, yeah, which are. is Sept- exciting. September, <laughs> September, September 6th. And we Let's are back. Let's talk about this. So we have been teeing up yesterday. We had our, our first newsletter back today. We are also looking at the Senate, obviously, um, you know, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer left the August recess on a, on a few highs, has had uh, a lot of legislative success. This is the first time they're coming back without something, you know, hugely massive hanging over their heads uh, in terms of larger packages. But it's going to be a busy September. Uh, it absolutely is. Um, the first kind of big news that we have this morning Um I think we're definitely breaking this. I haven't seen I haven't seen it anywhere else that I know it hasn't been reported. Is um, that Senate Democrats are now considering uh, uh, attaching same sex marriage, so uh, so legalizing essentially codifying same sex marriage into law as part of the government funding bill in September. Now remember, we are twenty four days. Um, ahead of the government funding deadline. So uh, nothing like Congress, you know, Congressing and 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 leaving this entire deadline until, you know, obviously the, the last couple of weeks in September. But adding that same-sex marriage provision into the government funding bill would be a, um, would be an interesting move. Now, it, everything on its own, the same-sex marriage bill needs... 60 votes to get through the Senate. It's already passed the House. So does it, I could see it cutting both ways. It could it could help um, uh, kind of smooth the passage of, of same-sex marriage through the Senate because it would be attached to a, short, a short-term government funding measure. We've counted close to 10, I think seven or so, Demo- uh, Republicans who have been expressed some openness to same-sex marriage. Now, would they push back against it being included in a government funding bill? I don't know the answer to that. It could make the government funding bill more difficult. It could make it easier. It's tough to tell at this point, but this would make the government funding bill incredibly important and high stakes. Yeah, no, I mean, no I just want to interject here. I mean, I think the interesting thing here is clearly the vote in the House to codify same-sex marriage was much passed with a much wider margin than a lot of folks expected. Um, and they have been trying to figure out, and, and Schumer has promised to vote on this, um, you know, in terms of moving forward with this. And there's been uh, you know, quite a few Republicans who, as you say, seven, at least publicly, who've kind of you know, acknowledged or had said yes, or maybe they would support something like this. But I think the difference is here, and this is going to be the political calculation for Schumer, right, is 
you know, it's one thing to tee up this bill as a separate bill to just kind of take a, a look at it separately in and of itself. It's, you know, it is a, a massive, you know, kind of legislative shift if you look at where the politics of this issue have, have changed over the last decade plus. But to add it to the spending bill, it could potentially, as you know, give people cover to say, you know, this is a spending bill. You're adding things on that are, you know, not. So maybe they vote against it. Or does it make it easier for some folks to just kind of move forward and say, well, it was part of this larger package? I don't know. It's I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Republicans coming off of this August break, coming off of kind of licking their wounds, feeling like, you know, the wind is not at their back when it comes to the midterm election. How, do the, how does that impact or does it impact this vote? Yeah, and and it's just there are tons of there are tons of dynamics to consider. I mean, I think I would also just say that broadly speaking, um, a lot of members of Congress, like let's let's zoom out even more. <laughs> a lot of members of Congress on both sides of the aisle feel like the time has come to get this done and to codify same sex marriage into law. It's a lot less charge than it has been in the past. And and Congress, to be honest with you, is closer than it's ever been before to codifying same-sex marriage into law. So um, I, I, perhaps the vehicle just doesn't matter anymore, but we're going to have to see. It'll make it interesting because there's a ton of stuff that's also being added on to the government funding bill, including money for COVID, money, perhaps money for Ukraine. We have no we don't know yet. And by the way, this is only going to be a government funding bill um, that is going to extend funding from September until December, until mid-December. So it uh, positively ruins uh, our uh, uh, Christmas holiday season, as Congress usually does. Um, and uh, so we'll see how much weight that piece of legislation can handle. Absolutely. I think the other thing to just think about that we not at in the uh, morning newsletter where you can get even more details on this is also a- another couple of things that are going to be interesting to watch here, right? Which is certainly um, this effort by a mansion to try to get some language in uh, when it comes to um, permitting uh, reform. That was part of the mansion Schumer uh, deal to get that larger package uh uh, you know, kind of passed. And so Manchin has been really pushing this. Uh, it's gonna, There isn't legislative text there, but there's also talk of putting that potentially onto the, the government funding. I mean, we're at a point where there's not a lot of must-pass legislation. And so you're going to probably see quite a few things and people trying to tee up ideas of what could be added to this government uh, funding bill. And I think the other question really looks at, you know, in the morning, the top that I think is worth talking about right now, Jake, because we've kind of been talking about it by ourselves and, and also uh, in the newsletter Monday and Tuesday, is is Mitch McConnell uh, and uh, Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott, the chair of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. And they are gonna, it's going to be an interesting dynamic to watch here as senators come back because they've been basically publicly feuding uh, in the newspapers here about kind of the future of the Senate and and the choices of candidates and spending of money. And uh, this is I, it's hard to see nine weeks out from the election that that dissipates. Well, it, it, it I, I agree with you on that. And I think there will be an effort to try to get it to dissipate. I mean, it's very difficult to see how it's useful for uh, Rick Scott and Mitch McConnell to be feuding. Just to remind everybody, uh, Mitch McConnell basically said that um, 
you know, Senate Republicans are struggling because some of their candidates are subpar. Uh, uh, based, that's essentially what he said. And uh, he cast doubt on Republicans taking back the Senate majority. I think this was a uh, this did not land well with Rick Scott, who called it basically treasonous. Um, and uh, I, I we we pointed this out yesterday uh, on which a day we, on which we did not have a podcast, but we've never seen anything like this between a Senate between a campaign chief of either party uh, and the leader of the party. I mean, it's truly remarkable. I mean, remember, this is the position that the leader taps, right? I mean, it's not as yes, if this, this, right. this that Scott got this position out of out of left left field. But I will say this. I mean, there was a um, <laughs> I mean, Rick Scott has been doing this stuff all has been putting his putting space between himself and McConnell all 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 Congress. I mean, he put out his own policy plan, which McConnell uh, basically said, if I'm the, if we win the majority, I'm going to be setting the agenda, not Rick Scott. Uh, this is this has just been a there's been a lot of tension between those two for a very long time now. Um, and I, I was surprised when McConnell said that that it's going to be difficult for Republicans to take back the majority. He might not have said it in those exact words, um, but he said it's going to be easier, essentially, for House Republicans to take the majority than Senate Republicans. All right. One more thing to just flag here. There is talk that the gang of eight, the four party leaders and the top Republicans and obviously the top Republicans and Democrats on the House and Senate intelligence committees may get a briefing about the FBI's raid of Trump's residence at Mar-a-Lago, specifically the potential damage to U.S. intelligence from Trump's possession of highly classified documents. This is still under discussion. It's not certain that a briefing will actually happen, but is under consideration, according to multiple sources. Another storyline to watch uh, this week. Jake, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, as always, at the beginning of the week, we tee up who we are watching. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. That state of Pennsylvania, Biden has been there three times in the last week. But wow, we are really watching that Fetterman-Oz race. Yeah, uh, obviously, we um, we have, have been, you know, hoping that John Fetterman, the candidate for Democratic candidate for Senate, gets gets better. He had a stroke. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Republicans have been very um, uh, forceful in, in saying that Fetterman has not been on the campaign trail and has been uh, sidelined because of the stroke and and kind of needling him for that. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if and when uh, Fetterman tries to uh, reemerge. Obviously, he has. There's health concerns that Fetterman has, and um, I just have to imagine, given the. Um, the stakes of this race, whether uh, how Fetterman's going to handle the next, you know, nine weeks. I, I think that's something everybody, include Republicans and Democrats in the Senate, are watching. Of course, there's that McConnell-Rick Scott relationship, which we teed up in the first item this morning, going to be something that we are watching extremely closely. Uh, let's move into the number three story of the morning, Jake, uh, the campaign you got a trio of interesting ads in this morning's newsletter, particularly one that I found interesting, especially after all of the kind of crack reporting that Max Cohen has done uh, around using uh, official money and, and franking for uh, talking to constituents. But wow, Representative Henry Cuellar, Democrat from Texas, is running an ad talking about how he's keeping his South Te Texas district safe. Uh, surprised a lot of folks that this was coming from government money, not campaign funds. 
Yeah, I've not I've not ever seen, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say never. I It's very rare to see members of Congress run um, ads like this with government money. We saw it earlier this year in Florida um, where Greg Stubbe wrote an ad, uh, sorry, aired an ad. Uh, I think it was about hurricane preparedness or something of that nature with government funding. I, I, I was a little bit less surprised about that. Um, I am surprised that um, uh, Quayhar is basically running an ad saying he's keeping the border safe and and things of that nature with government money. I, I mean, the, there we have written and and Max Cohen has done a great job at writing about um, the the franking situation and how much money people are spending on franking government money for for external communications. But this is something just this is a lot more. Uh, explicit than anything I've ever seen. You should totally check it out. We have a link. We have the video in the newsletter this morning. It is it is really, I would say, quite close to the line of a political ad with government money. The other thing that I thought very interesting, the American Action Network, the nonprofit aligned with House Republican leadership, is running a new spot calling President Joe Biden's plan to forgive student loans a rich kid bailout, something that we've seen a lot of chatter recently on, Jake, in terms of, you know, where Republicans feel like uh, potentially Biden overstepped and that this could be one of the issues that could really motivate um, middle class or lower income Republicans, independents uh, in the midterm election. This spot's running in Denver, New York, Minneapolis, Atlanta, Detroit, D.C., Pittsburgh, Phoenix and Charlotte. Um, just an interesting point of where you see Republicans potentially see some at some advantage going into the home stretch here. Yeah, I, I think Republicans are betting that people think this is a little bit over. This is a little bit too aggressive, um, uh, and it's unpopular to forgive loans for for uh, uh, the people have accrued in their in their uh, college life. But um, it, it'll be interesting to see how many people are talking about that on the campaign trail. All right, one quick note: we have a trio of events in September, but wanted to definitely point out this Thursday. I'm going to be talking to Representative Buddy Carter, the Republican from Georgia, at Hawk and Dove at 9 a.m. about the wide-ranging use of 5G technology and its impact on transportation. But even if you're not into that, we also have a conversation for our first in-person brown bag lunch, Jake. We do these for typically for our premium members where we get on virtually with Jake, Brez, Heather, and myself to talk about what's happening on the ground, taking questions from uh, those that join us. We are going to be uh, opening this up to the public and uh, we're going to do a 30-minute chat session uh, teeing up September. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I am too. Uh, please come join us. All right. With that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.